This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Friday, July 17th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. We're almost we're over halfway through the month of July, only a couple weeks left in the month, and you know, we're we're ramping up with a lot of market moving news. We have the Senate and the House battling over the stimulus bill. We have a potential big problem over in China with the Three Gorges Dam that is now uh, it's there's flooding and uh, there's structural problems and the whole Wuhan area is flooding. So I feel bad for that whole all, all the that population because they've been ha- dealt a bad hand in 2020. Uh, but that's something that can definitely throw a wrench in the world economy. You know, we talked about the supply issues, right? The supply chain issues that the COVID shutdown caused originally, while well, flooding throughout that area is also going to cause problems as well. So something to watch on the, the China front. And markets close the week relatively strong here, uh, near the highs of the day. And I post, just posted a YouTube video, so if you want to go check it out, I talked a lot about the battle between growth and value in today's market, or in the market this week, started on Friday of last week, and you're starting to see that rotation. Now, does that mean the value is going to just simply catch up with growth and growth's going to go sideways, or are we going to see a reversal of the gains on the growth side of the market, something to watch uh, going forward through the rest of the month? Now, I know there's a lot to think about in today's market. We're talking about the return to school controversy. How's that going to play out? What impact might that have on the economy? We had unemployment, new unemployment claims that came out yesterday. For the first time since early April, we had a tick up. In unemployment claims, if you look at the seasonally adjusted number, it looked like it was down. But if you look at the raw data, it's the first time we've seen an uptick. And this goes back to the PPP loans. The PPP loans are not really loans if you cross certain thresholds, right, of keeping people employed, etc. And starting in early, starting at the end of June, early this month, those PPP loans became grants, meaning it's free money. You don't have to pay them back. And that frees these businesses up to lay off workers. So something also very interesting to follow to see what that trend is like. Are we going to see an acceleration of unemployment claims? Because that's very important. If you look at correlations in the market of when markets bottom, it's typically when unemployment claims peak new unemployment claims and start to decline. Well, we had that in March and April is when you saw that peak in early, early April. And the market even bottomed before that. 
So are we going to have a reacceleration of more layoffs? And then once again, what are the benefits, the employment benefits that those laid off people are going to get, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Now today in this program, uh, my goal here is to provide you with some unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. I know you want strategies to help deal with this volatility, and I am here to take your calls. 888-99-CHART, 992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now our goal on Invest Talk is always to give you unbiased guidance, but we do that with a philosophy of independent thinking and success. We we don't well, this isn't CNBC. I've talked about this before. We're not I'm not Kramer, I don't have bells and whistles. I just want to shed some light on what is important to follow in the market. What is important to consider when it comes to your portfolio and the economy. So that's our goal each and every weekday. And now that I've set things up for the hour, I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99 chart once again. Now because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we obviously are postponing travel for a little while. But if you want to set up a no-cost portfolio review assessment with myself or Steve, just head over to investtalk.com. We can do video chat, just phone calls, whatever you want, do. Now, my main focus point today concerns the story that pandemics typically create deflation. And this is a study going back all the way to the Black Death of the 1300s. Okay, so obviously the world has changed, but there are a lot of similarities, and I'll talk about why that might be and why that might be different this time. Next, we're going to dig into the Senate bill in regards to, they're calling it the, the HERO Act, I believe is the name of it, and HEROES Act, and Democrats are trying to pass about a $3.4 trillion bill. Republicans want something smaller. What is it likely to look like and how hard will it be to get it passed? I think it will be very interesting. And then this morning on Bloomberg, there was a new article. And I don't think this is a coincidence, but it's saying the Fed is setting the stage for a major policy change, meaning letting inflation rates rise above its 2% target, which I talked about previously. Inflation is coming, and the Fed will not stop it unless it gets out of control. Uh, but you know they've been trying to fight deflation for so long, I highly doubt they're going to put, try to push it back down until it gets really out of control. So uh, this is an interesting article that I want to touch on and give a lesson for what is likely happening over the next few years. Let's take a quick look at the markets today. We had a pretty pretty modest up day. Right? S&P was up nine points, so three-tenths of one percent. The NASDAQ itself, C1PQ, was up 30 points. Once again, about 0.3%. So kind of across the board, a very modest up day on the markets and uh, a down week for the NASDAQ, but an up week for the S&P and the Russell. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. The summer is well underway. We are halfway through July, and I know you want to get back to work, and you want to get back to focusing on your portfolio, but you need to be prepared for the market swings that are likely to continue for some time. So 
Let's talk about it. Your participation is as important as ever. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Friday. Justin Klein is here for Steve Beasley today. And with the COVID-19 pandemic and market volatility, it's probably a safe bet that you've got finance and investment questions that deserve unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Audrey in Chicago. She's looking at Albertson's Companies. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. So you're looking at Albertson's companies. Are you looking to buy it or do you own it? Um, so it's just IPO. So I'm just looking to buy it. I'm actually interning at one of their, um, like one of their stores. I know they have mm-hmm. a couple different brands. So I'm interning at one of the brands. So it, I started looking into the company more, especially since the IPO then. The earnings were about like four fifty, I think. So I was just wondering your opinion on it. Well, I like grocers overall. We're pretty heavy in the grocers in uh, many of our uh, client accounts. Albertsons is a new name, so we're still kind of assessing it. But overall, it looks pretty good. The valuation doesn't look too bad. The biggest issue here is they do have a decent amount of debt compared to a lot of their peers. And that worries me slightly, but their business is so consistent. And if inflation picks up, they're going to do even better because their their margins may stay roughly the same, but they're going to earn more in general. So uh, it's not my favorite so far based on my analysis, but I like it. I like I just like the space to be honest with you. So um, I don't have I don't have a, a great sense yet of whether this is a great buy because I ha- I don't have a lot of history, right? It's just a new company. You don't have a, a long trading history, but from a valuation standpoint, it looks fairly attractive and I like the space. So uh, you could definitely do worse. Uh, so I kind of like it. It's just not my favorite in the space. Thanks for the call, Audrey. Now on Fridays, we generally take a minute to review some key benchmark numbers. The two-year treasury yield at 0.14%, 10-year at 0.61%. And that is feeding through to the mortgage rate, which I still get. My guy texted me the other day, he's getting 2.75% on a 30-year fix. Pretty crazy, I believe 2.5% on a 15-year. On a so that's helping the housing market. And as long as the what we'll be interested to see is if inflation continues to rear its ugly head, because you're just kind of starting this, will the Fed be able to keep control of the bond market? Will they be, will they be able to keep rates low? I don't have an answer for that yet, but it's something to continue to watch because the yield on the 10-year has just been flatlining since the Fed cut rates, uh, and they've been able to print money, monetize that debt, and keep that low. Now, gold is at $1,800 an ounce, remains above a solid breakout area. Nothing wrong technically with gold. Still looks to move higher as real yields go lower. Oil trading around $40 a barrel. Certainly a weaker dollar is helping that. There's definitely still a, a supply 
oversupply in the market that needs to be worked off even though we're getting back to work we're we're traveling a little bit more where our use of of oil is increasing and there's been a big shutting of supply so we're still kind of figuring out that balance uh, if the dollar gets stronger I, I worry about oil but i think it could hang around here 35 40 dollars a barrel for a little while now let's keep things moving here comes a caller question for 899 chart Hello, uh, I'm interested to buy uh, some stocks from this company for a long term. Can I have your opinion on that? The ticker symbol is AQN. Thank you so much. I've never heard of this one. Algonquin Power and Utility. It's a Canadian company, Canadian operator of a portfolio of power, renewable power generation interesting yields about 4.5 percent hmm. that's interesting i haven't heard of this one i like that it's it's green uh, i i certainly think there's a lot of money flowing that way let me look at some of the valuations here seven billion dollar valuation modest amount of debt enterprise value was 14 which is you know a little little rich for a company that's not really growing right this is a utility name over the last couple of years they're not growing their revenues very much actually down three percent year over year last quarter earnings flat year over year so you're paying 14 times a zero growth business and that worries me so i don't like that uh so from a valuation perspective i think it's it's kind of expensive i really think it is uh, at seven billion dollar valuation so I, I think there's better out there. I like what you're looking at. I think the yield is sustainable, that 4.5% dividend yield, but it's a little rich for my blood. If I can get this down, it's at 1380. If I can get this in the low teens, maybe around 10 on enterprise value to EBITDA, which would mean much lower prices, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of $10 back to the March lows, then I would like it. But at these valuations, not a fan. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday. Broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock Pacific time hour. Whenever you have an investment question, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve through the Anytime Listener line at 888 chart. Leave a message, we will answer it on a future show. You can also explore our Invest Talk podcast library over at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart. listening to Investor. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Justin Klein. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi guys, this is Leanne from San Diego. I have a question for you. I've invested in a stock, INO, Inovio, specifically just for during the pandemic. I invested it back in March, and back then I put a trailing stop percent on it, and I did okay, but then I rebought it, and now it's gone way up for me, and I actually put another trailing stop percent on it, and my question for you is, what do you prefer, trailing stop percent or trailing stop dollar? 
second question would be, why wouldn't I do this for all my stocks, especially since I think they're all going to pull back? Love your show. Thanks for answering my question. Great question. I would go with a dollar amount and use technical factors. So for example, this one, is, it, the last time it found support is the INO was around the 50-day moving average back in early June. It did that. It didn't quite get to the 50-day in April, but almost got there. And so it looks to be going along those lines. As long as it stays above the 50-day moving average, the, the trend is positive. Now, this is a very risky stock, right? It's a biotech stock around uh, the vaccine. It, 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 it has a potential vaccine, uh, which may or may not come to fruition. And so if it doesn't, there's bad data or whatever, certainly the stock could drop dramatically in a short period of time. So I like that you have a trailing stop. But a trailing stop on this is going to need to be much larger than a trailing stop on, you know, Kellogg or Procter & Gamble. The volatility is a lot lower on those names. And so if you see a 10% drop, that's a big issue for those type of companies. 10% drop in this name, no big deal. That's the type of stock, the type of uh, stock it is. It moves that way, right? So I rather use technical factors and say, okay, where is the trend line? Where is the moving average that tends to find support at? That if it broke decisively, that it would probably be losing trend. Okay, so I like what you're talking about with a trailing stop, but I would use specific numbers, and right now 50-day, which is at $17.59. But obviously, every day it stays above that, that moving average is going to go higher. So you have to adjust it on at least a weekly basis. Now, my main focus point today concerns a story that there is new research claiming that pandemics typically lead to receding inflation. And the reason is because it traumatizes people, right? Go out less. We know that. We've seen that with especially our older population going out to eat a lot less. Part of that is out of necessity, right? You can't go to some restaurants. But part of it is that people are worried. And this is a report out of, from the Bank of England. And they looked, going all the way back to the 1200s, you're talking about Black Death of the 1300s, the 1563 London Plague, the 1592 London Plague, the Great Plague of London. So a lot of London plagues back in the 1500s, 1600s. Then you had cholera in 1800, and obviously the Spanish flu. And then we actually had a pandemic in the, the late 50s as well. So what it shows is that typically this leads to deflation. Unlike wars, which typically lead to inflation, right? Because there's such high demand for production and goods. Now, both eliminate parts of the labor force, either by death, which sadly, that's true, or just simply people retiring not wanting to be out there in the workforce, exposing themselves. I'm hearing that a lot too. A, a lot of baby boomers who maybe were approaching retirement, uh, they maybe own a business that they were thinking about selling, a lot of them are 
packing up shop, selling off their business, retiring, because what's the point of battling through this for another two, three years when you're going to retire anyway in the next two, three, four, five years? So that lower level of available employment pool also can create actually inflation. So from a demand perspective, it creates deflation. But from a supply perspective, typically is inflationary. Usually the deflationary forces overwhelm, at least in the near term. But what about now is the big question. Will the government stimulate now? This is why I say it's so important to see what comes out of government. They're talking about a what three trillion, four trillion dollar bill? Trillion with a T. Three point four is what the dem- Democrats are looking at. So after the break, I'm going to dig into that. I'm going to dig into what is proposed, what is likely to be passed, and then. How much of a fight will there be? I think it'll be interesting. On the next Invest Talk, the story, should you pay off your mortgage? Maybe. You're carrying a home mortgage in the 3 to 4% range. Accelerating your payment may offer a better return than letting cash sit around earning next to nothing. We're going to talk about that on Monday. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99 Chart. Hey guys, really enjoy the show. Really make my drive to work more fruitful. So thank you for all that you guys are doing. My question is related to COVID testing kit manufacturing companies. Seems like that's going to be an industry that continues to grow for a little while. And I wondered if you guys had any thoughts on whether or not that's a good idea to buy into that type of industry and sort of a broader question if that was a, a type of strategy that you guys ever dabbled in sort of, I guess, I don't know if you call it narrative stock buying, like looking around saying, What's likely to happen, and you can probably tell I'm pretty new to this, but uh, just wondering, I hope to get you guys off. Thank you so much again. Bye. Now, we do own one of the larger testing companies in the country. So, yeah, I, I think there's there's some validity to it, but it, it needs to be understood that this is still, in relation, a very small percent of their total revenue. Yeah, that might be growing. Uh, And it's also going to be, hopefully, relatively short-term. And there are some headwinds that this is causing, though, for those businesses, is that testing for other things 
is actually going down. For example, if you're having an, a surgery of some type, elective or maybe non-elective, but still not desperately needed at the current time, a lot of, at least initially, those centers, those surgery centers were shut down and their volume is actually lower than it's been in the past. So when you go for surgery, you have to go get tested and you do your labs. And so if you're not going to surgery, then you're not doing your labs, meaning, meaning these lab companies are being hurt, at least in the short term. So when it comes to whether whether this is a deciding factor, I'd say no, it's not a deciding factor, but uh, it can still be a great investment for other reasons because a lot of these lab companies are great businesses. And so one we do own for clients. Now it's Friday. I'm filling in for Steve. And as usual, I'm, I will share brief highlights of the newest KPP premium newsletter. It's distributed to subscribers this afternoon, and it's packed with helpful information and insights. Now, in the marketing conditions section, we explain that this week, the stock market continued to be quite volatile. Keep in mind that we have had a very strong run from the bottom in March. Momentum is waning, though, but many indexes have broken above key resistance levels. The big news this week was a dramatic underperformance from the growth side of the market that has been so hot since late last year. Now, if growth the growth side underperformance continues, it will portend bad things for the market. Why? Well, the FANG names will come under pressure and the FANG stocks make up a large percentage of the index. For investors, we advise caution when deciding to enter any new positions. With that said, there are bargains and opportunities in certain non-cyclical industries. Now, for more guidance tailored to your portfolio and your risk tolerance, I encourage you to reach out with a message or phone call to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. Now, in the portfolio management section, we talk about how each quarter, all listed companies usually report their earnings. This time, when investors can peek inside the company and find out how well the operations performed. So that section highlights four key areas in every earnings report and explains why you need to read and understand them to really get a sense of where the business is headed because that's always most important. It's not just about where the business was over the past quarter, but where it's headed. Lastly, in stock ideas section, we highlight an industrial conglomerate which has automated solutions and commercial and residential solutions as well. Yields about 3%. So in the newsletter, we name names. So if you want to sign up, just head over to investtalk.com. There's a lot of valuable information in that KPP premium newsletter each week. So it's easy for you to subscribe directly through, once again, investtalk.com. And it comes right to your email box every Friday. Now, if this information raised any questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve at our offices in Irvine, California. Once again, 800-557-5461. It's how you get through and ask or to, to our, our line at our office. Or you can just send us a message through investtalk.com. Now, let's grab another caller question at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Long-time listener. Really enjoy the show and all the information you provide. 
I was interested in uh, getting into a medical REIT, specifically Ventos. I know it's uh, down significantly from its highs. I'm not sure if uh, this would be a good time to pick up a position in it or if uh, it's another medical REIT that, that uh, you would suggest over this one. Appreciate the help. Uh, we'll look for the answer on the podcast. Thank you. All right, looking at Ventos, which is a REIT that owns and leases senior housing and healthcare-related properties in 45 states, about a 5% dividend yield. But their profitability has been suffering for some time. The last six quarters, sorry, seven quarters, earnings have been down year over year or funds from operations. So cash flows have been uh, declining, even though revenues have continued to go up, but their margins continue to be squeezed. A little oversupply in the housing or the senior housing industry at the moment. That will balance itself up out over time as the baby boomers retire. But in the near term, I think that's that's kind of the issue. Now, they have cut their dividend. Understand that. It was $0.80. Cents. Now, it's going to be $0.45. Cents. So, pretty big cut to their dividend. That's uh, $0.45 cents per quarter. Per quarter. So, they have a lot of debt. And that's why it's not my favorite name in the industry. There are others that we actually own one uh, in our cover call strategy that has had a much better revenue growth, earnings growth, has a, even a higher dividend yield, has a better balance sheet than this one. So it, it's a, it's I like the space, but you need to find one that's operating better, and there definitely are. Ventos is not the one. 88899 chart, 88992 4278. Let's dig into this Heroes Act that is going to need to be passed over the next two to three weeks. And lawmakers return on Monday to start this process. And we, all, we had the CARES Act, which was $1.7 trillion on March 27th. But this new bill is likely to be even higher. At first, Republicans said they didn't want any bill. Then McConnell said that it will be a little bill, a, a light bill. Now they're at $1.3 trillion. Now, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says that's not enough. The Democrats are have put forth a $3.4 trillion bill, about two and a half times what Republicans want to spend. And Mitch McConnell dismissed that $3.4 trillion bill as expensive liberal wish list. Now, Republicans are set to release a counteroffer bill on Tuesday or Wednesday after they meet with the White House. So between now and the first week of August, it's going to be very crucial for this bill to pass so we can, they can start getting checks out to people who are unemployed. Now, McConnell's laying out priorities for children, jobs, and health care. Also trying to cover legal liability for businesses that do stay open. Funding for schools that reopen. Now, the current unemployment add-on is about $600 a week. The House bill would extend that all the way through January 31st of next year. In some cases, all the way to March 31st. Republicans don't want to keep that. They want to, first they said they would they want to eliminate it, but polling is showing that even the majority 
of Republicans support a continuation of that $600 a week add-on. So, it'll likely be slimmed down is what is, will probably be the end result. They're talking about a $400 as opposed to $600, giving a bonus for going back to work as well. So that is likely to be the change. Now, the Washington Post reported the White House wants a payroll tax cut on top of all of this, and that's just going to add to the cost and certainly help businesses, but how much will it help people is the big question. Democrats also propose a second round of a $1,200 stimulus check, and doesn't look like there's much pushback on that from the Trump administration, so I think that will definitely happen. And it'll be interesting to see how big is this bill, and Will it sustain the economy once again? Or will rolling shutdowns cause more economic pain? This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for any length of time, you know that we encourage every investor to determine their own individual risk tolerance level. You need to be invested so that you make smart decisions so you're not making rash decisions when volatility comes. So that means you have to define your comfort zone. You can do that easily and quickly over at investtalk.com. We have our free online riskalyze risk questionnaire. We'll give you a score, 1 to 99, and the higher it is, it's kind of like a speed limit. The more comfortable you are with speed or, in this case, risk. So once again, you can learn more at investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We have good news. Steve and Justin have recorded an all new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You still get unbiased answers, but the show moves along at a faster pace. You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Search Invest Talk. June bonus show. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls. The Anytime Listener line is open, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Travis in Iowa. I wanted to see if you could review for me the stock PLNT, Planet Fitness. I really like their business model, but just unsure of how to evaluate their P ratio right now and their financials and would love it if you could give me your advice and input into that. Love your show. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay. Planet Fitness, PLNT is the symbol. They have they operate about 200 fitness centers with about 14.4 million members in 50 states, about a $5 billion market cap. Oof, you know, this is a tough business in this environment, right? Uh, I know here in California, we shut down gyms again, or it's are open to a limited capacity. Now, they have $1.7 billion in debt on their balance sheet, which for the size of their business and their revenues and their cash flows, not bad. Even last quarter, they had positive cash flow, $64 million in positive cash flow, and that's down. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That was December. That was at the close of last year. So 
the last quarter revenues were down 15%, earnings down 54%. Uh, you know, it's trading at 42 times this year's earnings. It's pretty high. I don't know. I just don't I just don't like this name. Technically it's weak. Still in a downtrend, making lower highs. I, their balance sheet is not bad. So that's kind of saving them. And I think, you know, you have 24-hour fitness going out of business. So their market share might increase because of their strong balance sheet. But I just see a lot of headwinds here for their business. It's going to take a while for everything to reopen. And yeah, so that's why I'd pass on it. I, I just see kind of fits and starts with the pandemic and that will eventually weigh on their business longer term. 8899 chart, 8892-4278. I think we can fit another caller question in before the break. Hey, I was just calling to ask about the stock HPQ. Uh, I was just looking to buy it uh, for long term. Just wanted to get your advice on that. Thank you. All right, looking at Hewlett Packard, HP Inc. Certainly they're having their issues over the near term as sales for uh, to businesses have gone down. Personal computers and such have done well, uh, but on the business investment side, that's been in decline. 11% negative earnings growth last quarter, negative 4% profit growth, or sorry, negative 4% profit growth, negative 11% revenue growth. Uh, you know, it's in a downtrend, continues to be downtrend. It was somewhat struggling before this. Decent cash flows, decent valuation. Uh, you know, I just, this is not my favorite name in the space, in the hardware space. I like something that has a little more software behind it. And, you know, this is not the name. It has a good balance sheet. That's pretty solid. But long term, its profitability remains relatively weak. So I'm going to pass on HP. You. Now, after the break, I want to get to an email. Email that was sent to me, and I think it's me. I want to I want to read it because it kind of gives a broad. There's a lot of questions, and I think a lot of our listeners have these questions, and she asked a bunch of them. So I want to address them kind of one by one. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here: is to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at eight 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 ninety nine chart. On the next Invest Talk, should you pay off your mortgage? Depending on your circumstances, this move might deliver a better return on your money. That story Monday. Now, Justin Klein is here. He's providing unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Hey, I was calling in regards to the sub symbol KGC. It's a gold mining company. I believe, and uh, I just wanted to know as a gold play, you know, since inflation is soon to be coming in the next year or so, I just wanted to know your thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, this is Kinross Gold Corp, a Canadian miner out of Toronto, and they mine for gold, silver, and copper in the U.S., Brazil, Chile, Russia, and Ghana. I like it. <laughs> you know, gold and silver exposure, definitely a fan. I don't own it. We don't own it for clients. Not on top of my list, but uh, definitely one of the better uh, miners in the world. So 
I like it. Now, I want to get to an email, and I hope she doesn't mind. I'm not going to share her full name. It's Sharon. But she writes, I want to answer these questions. So she writes, love the show. So if central banks continue to its current policies, issuing more debt, providing liquidity, but leading to inevitable inflation within five to 20 years, and retaining interest rates at zero, what mechanisms could they use to manage a crisis like that? And what are the possible consequences in such an economic global environment? Well, it would be somebody brave enough to stop the central banks from doing what they're doing. That's really what it is. It would create, and it may be just people getting tired of inflation, right? And making, putting pressure on Congress to stop the spending. The problem is, is that once you start giving people money, right, it's hard to take it away. Once somebody gives you $100,000 a month, $2,000 a month, you can't really take that away. So that will be the hard part. And it'll be up to the leader of a central bank, like Volcker did in the 70s, which raised interest rates, cut off the money supply, and basically it would need to end, have the, have the guts to end the debt monetization. That's what would need to happen. Now she asks, in your opinion, if the recovery from COVID-19 is less than a year, and will central banks allow the market to correct without government support? And the answer is, once again, it's not really central banks at this point. It's governments. Because like I said yesterday, the day before, governments have figured out that they are now in control. It's not central banks anymore. The central banks are just there to print money and monetize the debt. She has predicting a robust economic rebound with an uncertain COVID-19 contentious politically charged election seems a serious overstatement. Huge commercial banks and investment houses are not recognizing the true economic devastation of shutting down entire sports, et cetera, et cetera. How many businesses are hiring people? How many people are spending on what? How much is the government collecting and spending? Are companies making money and projected to be profitable with a credible future valuation? That's a great point. What is the future world going to look like if every, all these people are unemployed? She says, KPP's approach to investing is straight up and makes sense. One thing I enjoy about Invest Talk is I find the commentary and caller questions very instructive. So thank you for that. She also says, I would also like to hear more about the fourth turning, what it could look like with possible different outcomes. Now, the fourth turning is really about a crisis period that reinstills trust in institutions. And we've hollowed out our institutions over the years as our trust in them has waned. And so typically in crisis periods, what you have is a leader that rises and solves the major problems of the day. Now before that was you know, the Churchills of the world that took, you know, Eisenhower's that conquered Hitler, right? And instilled trust in governments to solve bigger problems. And so what that outcome will look like, it's hard to know exactly. But we know there will be major changes that will 
give people faith once again in institutions. Now, it might take the full length of the 2020s, but it's likely to happen. That does it. Thank you for tuning in to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I will return on Monday. In the meantime, please remember to download our new June Rapid Fire Hour bonus podcast. It is free and you can get it right now. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Please tell your friends about our podcast. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.